Headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's a joy to welcome our family of friends today, and all of you who may have found us for the very first time, welcome aboard. We're glad to have you here, and I hope sometime today or this week that you will get on the website and check us out so you'll know who we are, you'll know what we're about, and I think you'll find a lot of interesting things there. It's simply at swordofthelord.com, and uh, you'll enjoy a lot of what we have there, including the broadcast is available there as well. So thank you for being with us today. And do remember, the National Sword of the Lord Conference is coming in July this year, July 17 through 20, at the Gospelite Baptist Church in Winston-Salem, Walkertown, North Carolina. Also, you'll find the information about that on the website. Well, let's get right to our study today. Every day, we get together here with an open Bible, and we do so because it's important for us to learn what's in the book. And whenever you and I come to Christ— when we're saved, when we're born again, and we receive all of that, whenever we come to the place of recognizing that we're a sinner lost and hell-bound, and we need the Savior, and the Lord Jesus paid the price for our sin and purchased salvation for us when he died on the cross and arose from the grave. So you and I can be saved, and we are saved because of the Lord Jesus. If I can help you with that, I'll give you the contact information at the end of the broadcast and always glad to hear from you. Now, we are as well looking into the Bible page after page because once we're saved, we need help. We need instruction. We need to know where to head and how to do the things that a Christian ought to do. Now, we're looking at this verse in Acts chapter 20 and verse 27, which says, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. So this week we're talking about the whole counsel, the whole counsel of God. What is that about? You say, well, why do we need to make a point of that? Why do we need to emphasize that? You see, in today's world, and I think it was probably true even in the New Testament era in the first century, but certainly it's true today, there are some men, including some Christian leaders, who simply say, oh, the gospel is all that matters. And it's like if a person preaches the gospel, they don't care what else they do, or they're willing to forego everything else. Well, look, I'm glad for everybody that preaches the gospel. But just because a person preaches the gospel doesn't mean that we ought to support them. It doesn't mean that we ought to fellowship with them. Because if they are doing other things that violate Scripture, then we ought to draw the line. It's just very simple. The Bible tells us that we should do that. Some folks take the position, well, all of these other doctrines don't matter. Well, I beg to differ. They do matter. In fact, I have no right, and you have no right, no one has any right to look at some page in the Bible and just dismiss it and say, well, we're going to forego that. Nobody has the right to do that. And really, some folks are pretty sneaky about this. They're pretty clever about it, and they relegate some of the passages in the Bible to what they call first century culture. They'll say, well, that was a matter of the culture then. Well, I, again, beg to differ because what we have in the Bible is not a cultural report. 
but instead it is a reflection of the very eternal truths of God. And whenever you and I read that, we need to understand we're not just listening to Paul or Moses, but we're listening to God himself. Now, verse 27 says, all the counsel of God. So let me raise a question or two here that I think deserve to be answered. Does creation matter? Yes, it does. Does uh, prophecy matter? Yes, it does. Does uh, the book of Proverbs matter? Yes, it does. Does the virgin birth matter? Yes, it does. Does the vicarious death on the cross matter? Yes, it does. Does the victorious resurrection matter? Yes, it does. Does the second coming of Christ matter? Yes, it does. What about the church? What about baptism? What about security in the Lord Jesus? What about lifestyle principles? What about world evangelism? Do those things matter? Yes, they do matter. And some people set any one of those or all of them aside. It's like, we're not going to do that. We just do not choose to believe that. Well, since all of these things that I've just mentioned, since every one of them are very clear Bible truths, they're all in the Bible repeatedly, then uh, why should we toss them? Who has the authority to toss those things aside? Well, the answer is no one does, and we all should pay attention to them, and we ought to line ourselves up with other Christians who also pay attention. Every page of the Bible has a reason for being there. So I think it's important that you and I look at the details of the Bible, not just the gospel, as much as we value the gospel. And whenever I talk about it like this, please do not misunderstand. We are not devaluing the gospel at all. We are heralding the gospel strongly. Jesus died on the cross. He arose from the grave, paid our sin debt, purchased salvation for us. And when you and I are willing to put our faith in him and call upon him, he promises to forgive our sin save us, admit us into the family of God, and reserve a place for us in heaven when we die. That is precious. It is wonderful. It's the gospel truth, and I want you to know it. I want you to understand it. I want you to have full assurance of it. And whenever I say there's more that matters, I'm not talking about you having to do any of these other things in order to be saved. You do not have to do in order to be saved. You have to come to the place of putting your faith in Christ, and that gets you into the family of God. Now, once you're in the family, it's really important that you listen to your Heavenly Father and let Him instruct you on how to be a family member. You know, whenever you have a baby born into your family, they have everything to learn. I mean, really everything to learn. And what do we do? Well, as parents, we begin to teach them, and we let them know the things that we think are important. Well, your Heavenly Father is going to do the same thing. Once you become a family member of the family of God, your Heavenly Father is going to instruct you right along the way. Now, you say, how do you know that? Well, let's back up and look at some important Bible passages. In Matthew 28, for example, you'll remember the Great Commission. Well, let me emphasize just a portion of it here. Here's what it says in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And listen to this, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So that verse says, teaching them. 
And that's the didaskalos word. It is a word of teaching or instruction. And he says we are to teach them, those that have been converted, we are to teach them, notice this, all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That's what we're talking about, dear friend, all the counsel of God, not leaving anything out. And it's right here in the Great Commission. And you and I certainly should pay attention whenever the Lord gives an instruction like that. I mean, that was the final command that he gave before leaving this earth to go back to heaven. Now, here's another passage that lends support to that. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, remember the great day of Pentecost, the feast of Pentecost here in this particular year, when this great, great uh, revival, we'll call it, broke out there in Jerusalem. 3,000 people were saved that day. Verse 42 says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Now, what's going on here? Well, the apostles are teaching them. That's what the word doctrine is about. It's about the teaching. What are they telling them? Well, they're preaching the gospel of Christ, obviously, but apparently they're giving them much more than that, because this is the continuation. This is beyond the conversion. Here they are teaching them doctrinal things that they need to know right away. The same thing can be picked up again in Acts chapter 5 and verse 42, when the Bible says, and by the way, several weeks have passed now since the Pentecost revival, and uh, they are having many, many thousands of converts in Jerusalem and the surrounding area. And of course, pressure comes, difficulty comes. They're having great persecution leveled against them. And here's what happens. Verse 42, Acts 5, daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So we have two things here, teaching and preaching. And whenever we are doing the preaching, heralding the message, doing uh, what we need to do to get out the word, giving out the good news, and then he says also teaching in that regard. So once a person comes to Christ, there needs to be that kind of instruction given, and it's just so important that we do that. Now, look over to 1 Corinthians, and we're looking at chapter number 3, once again, for some support on this thing about the whole counsel of God. Chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, verse 1 and following. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Now, why is that? Because this Corinthian church had really drifted. They had gotten into things that nobody ought to be involved in, and they really had let their church become a mess. So he said, I can't talk to you like you're spiritual because you're not. You're living in carnality, even like babes in Christ. And he said, listen to this, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. So what's he talking about? Well, when he references milk here, he's talking about, I was able just to give you a little bit, not a whole lot of teaching. You couldn't handle the things that I really needed to tell you. But he said, you're not even able now because you're not listening. You're not paying attention. You're not taking to heart the things that you need to take to heart. And he said, you're like babies. You know, a little tiny baby, let's say six months, eight months, nine months of age. If you were to say to them, we're going to discuss Einstein's theory of relativity, the baby would understand absolutely zero about that. Or if you were going to say to them, Listen, I'm going to discuss with you the difference between amillennialism, premillennialism, postmillennialism. Do you think a little six-month-old baby would be able to handle that? 
Do you think if you said, I'm going to explain to you how electricity works in the house, I don't think your baby would understand that at all. And he's saying here, these Corinthian Christians were like babies. They were not able to handle the heavier stuff. They were not able to handle difficult subjects. They were not able to handle the deeper teaching that they really needed. And so he said, we're going to deal with you on a lesser level till we get this stuff straightened out. And once we get it straightened out, then maybe we can go on. There's a difference between milk and meat. I mean, on anybody's table, there's a difference between milk and meat. And what he's trying to get us to see here is, yes, there's a time for milk. There's a time when milk is necessary, but there's also a time for meat. And you and I need that meaty teaching. We need to grab hold of, shall I say it this way, the whole counsel of God. We need to get in tune with the Lord so that we're willing to take instruction so that whatever he says, whatever he offers, whatever difficulty we may find in it, we'll listen until we get hold of it, until we get full understanding of it. The Lord has in mind to take us on a journey in which he will teach us and train us and take us to the kind of heights that every Christian ought to go to. Listen, if you are just kind of hanging in there just kind of half in and half out in your walk with the Lord, going to church once in a while, you need to shape up, dear friend, get hold of this and determine that you're going to absorb the whole counsel of God. Tomorrow, Lord willing, right here on the broadcast, I'm going to take you further. There's more in the Bible about how we ought to deal with this, and I want you to see it all. So if you'll get back with me, we're going to do some more tomorrow. In the meantime, it's always a joy to hear from you. I really, really appreciate our listeners on every one of our stations all out across America and the foreign stations as well, and I thank you for being a part with us. Do write me a note sometime. Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Dear friends, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.